couple of things I just want to remind you. The, they say there's no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, for all these years, there is such a thing as a free lunch on Thursdays. Best lunch you can ever have. And so I want you to always be thinking about who you can grab, who you can invite. I believe on top of a, of a great lunch, a great time of fellowship, probably one of the most important things that we're doing is, is taking time to say, you know what, this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ who's living as a man, a man who endeavors to follow Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you, the, the best thing you can do, the, the greatest thing you do, invite somebody uh, to join you every single Thursday. Bring them with you, meet them, meet them here, and, and, and God will bless you and them in that. Today, today, if you talk to a business owner, and, and I'm talking about any business, uh, whatever it is, a small business or a big business, they will tell you, and I've talked to them, they will tell you the biggest limitation, the biggest hindrance to their success today, 2019, it is not the economy. We talk a lot about the economy. It is not regulations. Not, there's a lot of regulations. It's not the tax system. It's not taxes. It's not insurance, as crazy as that system is. They will tell you, business owners will tell you, their biggest limitation today is the absence of workers. Now, be sure and understand, not the absence of people on a payroll or not the absence of people that, that, that want to draw a paycheck, but they will tell you the greatest limiting factor is the absence of people who will work. And, and they will tell you, uh, you can have a great product, you can have a great idea, you can have a great production process, but without people that will show up and who will work and who will produce you will fail. And you hear that over and over and over again. You hear that in big cities. You hear it in a small town like Vernon. You know what hurts us? You know what hinders us? It's the absence of workers. I'll tell you, I believe we have lost today the idea or the understanding of a work ethic. And I believe that's a lost thing today. And I believe we're seeing that. And even, even, even worse than that, I believe we are now raising a generation that will have no idea what we're talking about when we talk about a work ethic. And that's, that's where we're at today. Well, here's the question, and it's a pretty interesting question. Does God care about that? Does that matter to God? Is that something we should spend time in the church talking about? Doesn't that sound like something for somebody else to address uh, do, does he not just want us to get saved? Does he not just want us to live a life that looks different? Does God care about, does he worry about, is he concerned about how we work? Is that something he's worried about? Well, let me, let me just tell you this, and we're going we're gonna to see a lot of stuff today. Here's the truth. Man was built to work. Man will never find fulfillment and happiness apart from fulfilling a work life, having a productive work life. And then the third thing is this, God is glorified in our work. Well, today our lesson is this, the, the Bible-driven man and his work. And we're gonna see what God says about this subject. What has God spoken concerning this subject? And we're gonna look at four points today, four truths for us today. What does God say about a man and his work? First thing we're going to see is this. First thing we're going to see is the blessing of work. And I want you to actually hear the language. I want you to think about that. The blessing of work. Genesis chapter 2, you read the account there. Uh, creation is complete. Uh, the marvelous work of creation is now finished. Uh, mankind is created. 
and he is placed there in this perfect world. Now, we can't really understand that a world without sin, perfect in every way, a perfect environment, uh, the, the, com- the completion has taken place, and man is placed in this perfect world. Genesis 2.15 says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. And so I want you to see this. Be very sure of this. God gave man a job, and he gave him that job before sin enters in. Be sure what that means is this. God's perfect plan always included men working. Now, I think we've, we've kind of lost sight of that. We, we think, well, you know what, work's a punishment. You know what, kid? If you mess up, you're going to have to go work. You know what, you've done some things wrong, go clean your room. We act, we act like work is a punishment. We as adults act like work is a drudgery. Well, it's off to the salt mine we go. Get your lunchbox. It's a, it's a drudgery. Listen, the truth is this. God created us to work. God created us to produce He created us as men to expend and spend our energy in labor. And so be sure, to work is a blessing. It is not a curse. It is a blessing. We have value as men when we work. We are in God's will when we work. How many times do you say, you know what? Oh, I wish I was in God's will. Listen, when you're working, you're in God's will. We are fulfilling our purpose When we work, it is not a punishment. It's not because of sin. We were created to work. We are in God's will. We fulfill our purpose when we work. Let me, let me say this, and I truly believe it. One of the reasons today that men are depressed and are distracted. One of the reasons that men have time today to waste things, waste their time on things that don't matter. And I'll just tell you, we, we waste our time on a whole lot of things that don't matter. The reason men have time today to get into trouble, and we, we talked about one of those troubles last week. The reason for that is we've lost sight of today what it means to be a grown man and to jump out of your bed, to put your shoes on and to go to your job and to work and to think and to produce and to be responsible. Listen, it is a blessing. It's a good thing to come home at the end of the day and be tired of having served a purpose and expending your, your energy. It's a good thing. It is a blessing to work. And so the first thing we see today is this. It is the blessing of work. Get a hold of that language. It is a blessing to work. Second thing we see is this. The reward of work. The reward of work. Here's what the reward of work is. Now, you know what? In that first verse, we're created to work. We have fulfillment when we work, but there's actually a tangible result, a tangible reward when we work. Here's what the reward of work is. It is security. It is stability. And it's talking about financially here. We, we gain our wealth by working. We accumulate our wealth by working. We, we keep our wealth by working. That is God's plan. The other day, in fact, it was just this week, um, we were at United. My son and I were at United, and they have the Monopoly game going. And he's been picking up those pieces, and he, he got the board there of the Monopoly pieces uh, that you put on there. And, and you, you read that, and it says, you know what? Somebody's going to win a million dollars Somebody's going to win a million dollars in a vacation home. Somebody's going to win two jet skis. It says $250 million 
in prizes. And so I thought, wow, we started talking about what would it be like to win $250 million? And, and he said, what would you buy if you had $250 million? Would you buy the boat? Would you buy sea dues? He actually said he, he thinks he would like to have 300 Lamborghinis. I told him I think 200 would be enough, but that sounds like a pretty good deal. It was a fun thing to talk about what we would do with $250 million. I, I was talking to him and I told him, Will, you know what? The way that we have money and the way that you can actually have a million dollars is to work and to save and to work some more. And you can have a million dollars. You can do it. That is how we acquire wealth. That is how we have security in our life. We go to work. Listen to some verses. Well, this sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? Well, here's what the Bible says. Romans 12, verse 11 says, He who tills the land will have plenty of bread, goes to work, will have plenty of bread. But he who pursues worthless things, how many hours do you spend a day over worthless things? But he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? Will you rise up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. I'm just going to take a little nap. And your poverty will come upon you like a vagabond. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit. Listen, that's the wisdom of God. That's the truth of God. In all labor there is profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. You can talk big and it's going to end in poverty. There is profit in labor in going to work. I could go on and on and on. Uh, the Proverbs are, are, are full of verses. The Bible is full of examples. talks about a, a slothful person. But I want to tell you, the reward of work is stability. The, word of, uh, the reward of work is security financially. There's a reward to it. And so we see the blessing of work. It's a good thing. We see the reward of work, financial st stability. Then we see something uh, tied to it, very serious, and that is the command to work. The command to work. Now, I want you to understand that sometimes we read the Bible and think, well, that's pretty good in, in theory. Well, that would be a nice thing if I ever get around to it. Well, I want you to understand the, these truths, this truth, these are not mere suggestions. These are not, well, this would be a good thing if you can find a way to implement it in your life. It, it's more than that. Here's what the Bible says. Now, it's an interesting account in the, the city of Thessalonica. There were believers. The church is growing. The church is forming. There were some believers who had gotten used to the idea that it's somebody else's job to take care of us. And that's really what the context is. You know what, we're here and we're doing the work of the Lord and we're committed to this new cause and we're, we're gonna tell the good news of Jesus Christ. And you know what, some folks have joined us and there's some wealthy folks and they've got some money. And you know what, I never had that much anyway. And so we're gonna let them take care of us. And hey, we're doing the, the work of the Lord. And so they've got plenty and we'll just, we'll just uh, take some of that and we're gonna let others take care of us. And, and, and the answer to that, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says this. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. That's, that's what God says. That's God's truth. If anyone's not willing to work, how, they got plenty. 
You know what? They're not going to miss it. If someone is not willing to work, that's fine. They're not to eat either. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Listen very carefully. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially of his household, when we get to talking about our relationships to our families and our wives, we're going to talk about men as the provider. But here it is in 1 Timothy. If anyone does not provide for his own, especially of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Worse than a lost person. Now we, we need to be very sure. And here, here's a message that's lost today. It is nobody's job to provide for you. It is nobody's job to provide for me. We work, you work, I work, we earn, and from the fruit of our labor, we eat. It is nobody's job to provide for me. Here's a bigger one. Be very sure of this. And it is nobody's responsibility, not the government's, not somebody else. It is nobody's responsibility to take care of your family. Well, there's a program to take care of that. Well, somebody else will take care of that. Well, some folks at the church will take care of that. Listen, it is nobody's responsibility to take care of your family but your own. To do less, the Bible says, is to be worse than a pagan lost person. Let me, let me tell you, well, what, what in the world is that all about? Let me tell you what that's about. Today, we have a, a lot of issues in our homes. and We have a lot of issues in our marriages and they come from the, the fact that the man has given over his authority in his house. He's, he said, you know what, my, my wife will take care of that, and he's given over his authority. He's given, well, she'll, she'll lead in the religious areas, and he's given over his authority. You know what, I won't discipline the kids. I'll let her do that. I'll let that fall on her, and he's given over his authority. And the man has given away his place of authority in the house. You know why? It's because he's given away his role of provider for his house. Those things are tied together. You're responsible, brother, for the provision of your home. So we see here the blessing of work. It's a good thing. The reward of work. We have financial stability in that. And we see the command to work. Do not work. Do not eat. You're responsible for your home. And then here's the, here's the last one, and it's pretty tremendous, and that is this. The standard of work. The standard of work. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, Paul is talking to the church and he's going through this letter and he's, he's really talked a lot about who Christ is, what our faith is, what we believe as Christians. But he comes to a place, he starts talking about some practical things. You know, there's some practical things because you have a faith in Jesus Christ. There's some practical things that, that show up when you, when you submit to the headship, the lordship of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we know who Christ is, but he also tells us some practical things as believers. Well, here's one of the practical things he says in the book of Colossians. Whatever you do, talking to believers... Do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Verse 24 says, it is the Lord you serve. Now, I want to look at one word here. It says work heartily. Well, I kind of understand what that means. Work heartily. In the original language, here's what that translates. From the soul. That's literally what the word translates. From the soul. We get the idea of the heart and soul. Put your heart and soul into it. 
another translation says, your life, your life. Now I want you to see how heavy this, this statement is here. It says when a believer works, when a Christian works, you give it your all. You put your soul into it. You know what? Your life is invested in it. It is not halfway when we work. It is not half-hearted when we work, but you pour yourself, your life, your soul, your heart into your work. Isn't that what we're missing? I go back to the first point. You know what? We can't find people to work today. You know what? People don't understand what, a, what, what it is to work today. Isn't this what we're missing? You know what? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm different because I am. And you know what, as, as an employee or as a boss or as a, as a person that has a company working for somebody, working for yourself, you know what, I get there early. Nobody's going to beat me to the job. I, I get there early. And you know what, if I need to, I stay late. And then all the hours in between those times, I do it right. I'm not trying to, to cut corners. I'm not trying to make excuses. Well, they're not doing as much as me and the equipment's this and whatever. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not trying to hide somewhere for the bell to go off and I can go home. Well, maybe they won't see me. Well, maybe it's Friday afternoon and nobody's watching me. You work as a follower of Jesus Christ, totally invested. The Bible says, as though you're working for the Lord. Very simple to understand. We work as though we're working for Jesus Christ. And I sit there and think, well, what, what does that look like? He is my Savior. I have no hope outside of Him. I'm condemned in my sin outside of Him. You know what? He is kind to me. He has been kind to me. He has shown me grace. He still shows me grace. He shows me love, the greatest act through the cross of Calvary. It's as if I'm working for my Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the standard of our work. When we go to work... We work as though we're working for the Lord. Here's a crazy thing, and evidently it's not true. That means this. A follower of Jesus Christ ought to always be employable. A follower of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what. Our world doesn't care what you believe, honestly. Our, our world wants, a, wants money. Our world wants a profit. Our, our world wants a product. And, I, and so I'm going to tell you what, if the world hates your belief set, if the world says you're ignorant for following Jesus Christ, they still ought to say, you know what, but I can't help but hire them. I can't help but, but try to build a workforce of these Christian men. A company ought to say, you know what, they're Christians, yes, but you know what, I'm going to hire some of them anyway. You see, here's the truth. When we work pouring our life into it, as though we're working for Jesus Christ, we show the world there's a difference in us as Christians. We separate ourselves from a sorry world. Our world is just trying to get by. Our world is, is self-serving, honoring itself. You know what? When we pour ourselves into our work, we separate ourselves from this world. And you know what we do? We bring glory to God. When we work that way, we honor Jesus Christ. You know what? I don't believe what they say. It's completely ignorant. But something is different. They work and they work and they work. It brings glory to Jesus Christ. That should be our goal as men. That should be our mindset. You know what? It is a blessing to work. It is an awesome thing. You know what? I can't wait to get up. I've got something to do that's productive. You know what? I have a command to work, and I, I'm going to feed myself and take care of myself. More than that, my family is not going to have to wonder where their, where their next meal is coming from. I will provide for them in work. And you know what? The greatest thing of all that is this. There's going to be a difference that's noted. Hey, 
There is a Savior. There is a King. There is a Lord. His name is Jesus. And I see it in this guy's work. May we glorify our Savior in our work. Glad you're here today. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you're here. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful that, that we're not working to be saved. Praise the Lord for that. That it's no work that we do that I can do, but it's in your grace, it's in your kindness that I'm forgiven, that I'm redeemed, that I'm restored. But I'm also thankful that you tell us how to live as Christian men. That you tell us that it's not a, it's not a curse, not a punishment. You built us to produce, to go home at night tired. Lord, I pray that we would honor you in our work. And I pray that a lost and cruddy world would see a Savior in our work. Lord, forgive us where we've been off track. Forgive us where we've, where we've, we've settled for something less. But I pray for the men in this room. Lord, we praise you for the opportunity to work. We pray for the encouragement to work in, in a way that would honor you. And I pray most of all that a world would see Jesus in something as simple as how we work. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.